Welcome to Throne Wrenches Podcast. This is episode 34. My name is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And this is the auto podcast that values its prep time. Or maybe needs some Red Bull pre-show. I don't know. What do you think? I'll work on the catchphrase, but I think that is directly related to the, la- directly related to the last show where I felt like we were like a little soggy or mm-hmm. slow or groggy. I don't know. I think so. I think you're right. I don't know what that was. Maybe we just worked it, was, it was pre- I think it was prep time because normally I, I like like to sit down like for a couple days ahead of a show. Right. And I felt like we just had to get a show out. So maybe some other people have told us that you know episode thirty two and episode thirty three were high water marks on the show. Don't know where that's coming from. I don't know, but maybe the uh, maybe the the public has spoken. Maybe there's something to that. <laughs> I don't know. Let us know what you think. Info at thrownwrenches dot com. If you're a repeat offender. Or if you're, you know, just here for the first time, we want to welcome you to the show. It's all about cars, car repair, car tech, car news, projects, goofy stuff, and, you know, whatever else comes to mind. Yeah, I got a great email from a listener in Fort Lauderdale saying he played the UE segment for his uh, wife and his kids. Hmm. I was, like, embarrassed. I'm like, wait a second. So we got a guy who's listening to the show and doing the exact same thing. I think, do, do all men in general walk through the Hot Wheels aisle at some point? Oh, for sure. Okay. I still do. Yeah. I, if my wife loses me in a grocery store yeah. or a, a, a Menards, she yeah. knows where I'm at. Yeah. It's the car section. Right. Oh, yeah. It's the greatest show ever email. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one. The greatest show ever. Uh, there's so much positive praise coming in, Eric. I, <laughs> it's I hard to keep up, I know. Yeah. No, that was good. That was good. That's uh, We appreciate the feedback there. Oh, this is also the same gentleman, a guy named Craig. <laughs> Who said that uh, he watched Driving Miss Daisy because of our show? <laughs> it's a car movie. Because it's a car movie. Yeah. Can't wait. Well, we, we got some ideas for the next Christmas show. So hang on. You want to yeah. make it through December this year for sure. Maybe. All right. I listened to Joe Rogan today, and I haven't listened to Joe in a long time, but I'll tell you this. Joe Rogan spends eight minutes on commercials on his show. We're going to spend the next two minutes on commercials. All right. Does that sound fair, Darren? I think that's fair. All right. We do have two sponsors for the show. They are, uh, we are happy to have them support us. And one of them is Fort's Toyota Pekin at www.toyota-pekin.com. They're a, fa- a small family-owned dealership located in the heart of central Illinois. They like to say they're 15 minutes from anywhere in northern North, North Pekin. Man, I'm struggling tonight. Uh, it's a Toy- long day. It is. Toyota Pekin lives a Toyota lifestyle. Beautiful, functional, high-quality vehicles and trucks that will stand the test of time no matter what your budget is. Visit them at toyota-pekin.com or stop by Forts at 120 Radio City Drive in North Pekin. Or as we like to say, 15 minutes from anywhere. And believe me, with the new Supra, you can just about live that. <laughs> just <laughs> drop the hammer. See where it goes. Yeah. All right. Now, I'd like to say yes. Uh, thank you to Forts Toyota. Also to our other sponsor, Casey Law Office. The Casey Law Office is on the web. It's clopeoria.com. Casey Law Office is dedicated to an honest practice of law and will fight to get you the result you deserve. No matter what your legal need, you can contact Gabe Casey at the Casey Law Office. Call, click, or visit him, you know, whichever. You drop in, parachute in, and just say hello. Uh, and he will be happy to discuss your claim free of charge. Casey Law Office, a modern legal practice dedicated to solving your legal issue. Yeah, side note, now Gabe, I talked to Gabe, and he's a, yeah. friend, he's a friend of mine. Um, he sues car dealerships quite often. Do you know that? 
I, I've heard on occasion that happens. Yeah, it's, that you could buy a car from a dealership and uh-huh. not be satisfied because maybe something wasn't disclosed. And, and said dealership doesn't want to help you out with it after the fact. Yeah. And they call up a guy like Gabe and spend you know money to have him go after him and, and get that handled. I just, I'm like, wow. I mean, that's that's hardcore. But you're cool, right? You guys are cool. Well, I think that's part of the deal why we keep him on there. So Forts have figured out that if they work with him on the show, uh-huh. that uh, there's a conflict of interest, right? As long as Gabe's happy, everybody's happy. <laughs> no, it's good though because I I've, I actually just read today uh, a former employer of mine back in college was having trouble with a dealership in Macomb, Illinois. Yeah, uh, with some service stuff, and uh, was not satisfied with the ultimate answer that came out of there. So she's going to corporate and taking care of that. Wow! So it happens, and when there's a disagreement, it's Gabe's kind of like the A team, right? Yeah, yeah, I th- yeah, yeah. You just never know a time or place. I guess my thing is, I only buy five hundred dollars cars, Daryl. But generally speaking, <laughs> from not from a dealer. <laughs> yeah, G- Gabe's consult fee might be more than my car's worth. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. All right. We also want to thank our Patreon subscribers. Uh, we have a couple now, and uh, we're very grateful. We actually just did a whole 45-minute show ahead of this show uh, for the Patreon subscribers. So it's it's worth your time, folks. And we, we kind of joked about this the other day. We, maybe we'll throw some stuff up behind a paywall because <laughs> we got some really cool interviews possibly coming up. And if we get the big fish I'm uh, searching for... Uh, yeah, it might be special. Yeah, you never know what we'll do there. But no, pay, you don't have to be a Patreon subscriber, but if you are... We thank you greatly. It does help the show. Keep up going. That way, my wife and Daryl's wife aren't yelling at us about spending money. Because uh, we do that already too yeah, much. We do it just so you can be entertained. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just going to buy cars now randomly just to entertain the audience. I'll tell the wife it's for the show. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, there you go. All right. I know you're into that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, we also want to say a quick thank you and a correction to uh, a gentleman who is... Um, a, a fan and supporter of the show, Jason Sack. I misidentified him. Our mate. Our mate from Down Under. Down Under. Um, he is on uh, Instagram at 64morgan44, and you can follow him and watch all the progress that he's been making on his beautiful Morgan. He's got some cool stuff in the garage, too. Great garage photos. Uh, oh, and he, he can build some stuff, too. I even see a picture of a ute. There's a whole, actually, there's three utes on his Instagram. Anyways, I said he was from the UK. No, 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 no. Uh, totally wrong. Uh, so I want to correct that. Uh, he's from a, a much cooler place. He comes from a land down under. Down under. He, uh, he might be fond of a Vegemite sandwich, not a Marmite sandwich. Damn it. <laughs> there is a difference. There is a difference. But I, a kid, Jason, good to hear from you and thanks for the correction. I swear I will not. But I will say again. this. I mean, mm. I mean, based on the fact he's building Morgans, he does, he does have an accent. I can tell by reading his emails. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't see a single kangaroo or wallaby in any of those pictures. No? So, I mean, really, no. how could we know where he was from? It was, it was pretty anonymous. I always thought the British cars, you know, only British people like British cars. That is not true. That, exactly, exactly. Not true. Who's going to spend all that time working on one of those rigs? <laughs> Someone with dedication. <laughs> all right, folks. We took this segment out the last couple of shows, but if you don't know my co-host, Daryl Scott, Chicks dig him because he rarely wears underwear. And when he does, it's usually something unusual. The professional radio jock from his previous career has shown the patience of a martyr as he embarks in the podcast abyss with me and my amateur ways. Throw this guy an extra prayer before you go to bed tonight in hopes that he keeps his good temperament. That's Daryl Scott. I don't know if I ever had a good temperament, but I, I appreciate you're that. a pretty mellow guy. Am I? Yeah. You play, you play it well on the radio. It might be a little Jekyll and Hyde. For those who don't know my co-host, Eric Stahl, he's not like Neil Patrick Harris. 
in many ways. He's not a famous song and dance man with heavy residuals from several successful TV sitcoms. He's not a short guy. and He doesn't like to wear suits no. or suspenders. No. But he does make frequent appearances on Broadway. <laughs> if we're talking about Broadway liquors. Ouch. Ladies it. and gentlemen, the Barney Stinson to my Ted Mosby. <laughs> Mr. Eric Stahl. Oh, uh, that was beautiful. All right. Was I that good? I hadn't read it ahead of time, so that uh, that that was nice. Excellent. Yeah. And Excellent. I don't spend that much on Broadway liquors, by the way. Anymore. What? Anymore. Anymore? Okay. No, that's because I don't podcast about beer anymore. So. I'm gonna. I might swing by there on the way home because it's been a while. Yeah. And they have a drive-through. They're, they're a, one of the only local drive-through liquor stores. Are they? Well, yeah. I think there's some in like Springfield and Decatur. Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, my problem is I want to peruse the craft beer area, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure I could peruse through the drive-through. <laughs> right. I mean, I think if you're getting Keystone or Bush Light or that corn, the corn beer, the corn beer, yeah, you can definitely get that right there at the drive-through. Delicious. All right. Again, thanks for listening, and please share this all your Facebook friends and other social media sites. We do uh, we do push the show quite a bit, but really, word of mouth is the best thing you can do. It it really does help, uh, and we're finding out folks who are fans, you know, coming out of the woodwork left and right. So that's great. Um, we just ask that you don't come out of the bushes when we leave the house in the morning because that startles us. <laughs> yeah, because we've been watching David Lynch movies lately, and now we're scared Dude. of everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna have nightmares. So we're going to get into this a little bit, but we got some exciting stuff coming up. We have been asking, you know, every time we do a show, that if you know anybody who's in the car business or has an interesting hobby uh, that's car related, you know, get them in touch with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and over the next couple of weeks, I think we've stumbled into some really good interviews. So look for those coming up. We'll talk more about those as we get into uh, some other segments of the show. Yeah, it is nice. There are lots of people who have been hard at work, especially during the the, the pandemic days where people are just kind of like, I don't want to go anywhere. There's nothing to do. Um, So I'm just going to work on my stuff in the garage. There's some cool stuff out there. And uh, the first Cars and Coffee, which we'll talk about, uh, there was a whole bunch of new cars, trucks, vehicles there that just kind of came out of nowhere. And it's fantastic because they're all mostly local cars. So there's some really talented folks here in this area who want to get to, to meet them. So. All right. Um, also, remember, if you give us a review or give us some feedback online, you'll get a sticker. But the stickers are getting thin. The supply is short. So we'll probably be getting a new batch of stickers. And maybe we'll get a new logo. Maybe we'll do something different. Maybe it'll be the exact same thing. Not going to commit to anything right now. All right. Come on. Let's talk about some projects, brother. Yeah. yeah first part of the show. By the way, Daryl, that was 10 minutes. You only had to sit through 10 minutes of all this to get to the meat of the show. Unlike Joe Rogan, where you'd still be talking about mushroom coffee. Uh, Do you have a stopwatch? Are you timing us? Well, I got the recording right in front of me. Yeah, okay, at least somebody's watching. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just looking at. Yeah. All right, no, the project section show. I got uh, didn't really do much as far as projects go, but I did make it out to a, a time speed rally here a couple weeks ago. So we'll talk yeah. about that. Uh, I still haven't bondoed my son's truck, and I feel really shameful for that because he would not go to Friday Night Lights because his plastic dip was not corrected. I'm it's a bad that, dad. It's not that bad. Oh my god. Yeah, I you know try and tell that to a 17 year old kid. He's got the spot that's dented, and uh, he just needs to fill it. He doesn't even need to fill it. He could just bond or he could just plastic dip over it, and nobody make, nobody be the wiser. No, make it one color. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I'd so, be happy to have a a talk with him. You pro- you might need to. He's upstairs. So we did make it Friday Night Lights, and I brought the Supra and the FRS out there, and that was right after we'd done the autocross after the last show. The Friday Night Lights, which is like our little in-between month event between cars and coffee, it was a tremendous, tremendous success. The weather was nice. It was super hot that night, but man, good turnout. If there wasn't 300 cars or 250 cars, there there was a lot. Yeah. Um, And I bring this up because I talked to Chris Ruby. Now that now that I can say his name properly, after he's educated me, Ruby said 
let's get let's get on the show and have a talk. So I think one of the future conversations we're going to have here, hopefully in the next two shows or so, we'll get Ruby on. And I'd like to talk to him about the success of Cars and Coffee. We'll get into that a little bit more in Twism. But uh, yeah. this last weekend with uh, with what we saw on July 4th, the Cars and Coffee was amazing. And I think uh, he's, he's definitely that success. All right. So the fun thing that I did last weekend, was it last weekend? No, two weekends ago. I ran up to Madison, Wisconsin, to the SCCA club up in Madison, and they oh, had yeah. a time speed rally. They call it the Spring Scamper. And similar to the Cheese Freeze, started outside of Madison, and it was 150 miles of uh, back roads, Wisconsin, just pastoral settings, dairy fields and dairy farms, and just God's country, valleys and just ruts and knobs, just kind of really cool territory. Ended up actually in the middle of the segment in New Glarus. And, uh, just happened to. Yeah, but you know the brewery's closed right now. Serious? Yeah, they're they're not open for any package sales or tours or anything right now because of COVID. Yeah, I, mean, I know, so frustrating. Yeah, but it's okay. okay, it's okay. I wasn't there for the beer. I I, I mean, I'm not going to stop the race halfway through just to stop there. Right. But um, had a great time. There was probably 25 or 30 cars that were running around. Time speed rally. If you're not aware, is you show up, they give you a sheet with basic directions. Uh, you know, mile markers are counted off. The road names are marked, and you have to turn right or left, and you have to carry an average speed based on somebody who's pre-run the course, uh, maybe a week, maybe two weeks ahead of that. And everything's pretty general. I mean, keep an average speed of 38 for the next 5.9 miles, stuff like that. There are instruments, there are calculations you can do that you can keep in the car that will tell you, you know, how you're doing based on the measurements because you can preload everything. Do you use an app on your phone for this no, one as well? No, well, so for the timing and, and for them as race keepers, yeah. they had us run an app the whole time. Richta, it's like some kind of a race software, Okay, worked pretty well. It actually worked better than when I did the cheese freeze. Cheese freeze, maybe because it was winter or we were more isolated, we were on a different side of Madison, Wisconsin, it dropped out a lot. This mm. one never dropped out once. Mm, uh, okay. Actually, there was 46 segments to this one, and uh, I think uh, we were within... Seventeen or twenty seconds on every one of those segments. What uh, vehicle did you take we up took, there? We took the Supra. Okay, cool. Yeah. cool. Which was cool. So, you know, the logic was: we'll take the the new twenty twenty GR Supra up there. It's the one we've got all race colored up for Forts. You can follow their Instagram. You can see all the pictures of it at, at, at Forts Toyota on Instagram. But I can tell you this, Daryl: you drive that car ninety miles an hour up to Madison, up thirty nine. Yeah, it floats. Does it? Yeah. But then when yeah. you get there, you put it in sport mode, and the car drops an inch and tightens up. And now all of a sudden you got the cackle of the exhaust going, you're hitting all these little country roads, it's fun. Whole different animal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so much fun. And had some cameras going. I do have some good footage. I just gotta I can tell you producing video anymore to me is like a nightmare. It's, it's like, tedious. It's my least favorite thing. Yeah. Um some people can bang that stuff out, no problem. For me it's uh, is it a perfectionist thing or I think editing. I just have more stuff going on right now. Uh, it, you, there was a time when I put the kids to bed at eight o'clock. And I had two or three hours of my own time every night. Sure. And that doesn't happen anymore. So, yeah. um, how many people were in the the, the rally? Uh, so I was thinking about twenty five or thirty. That's a good turnout. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, there was some new vets. There was a Porsche. There was the Supra there. But then there was even like a, an old couple there with a Chevy C- or no a Sebring. Oh yeah, Chrysler Sebring convertible. Yeah. You know, and they were just having a fun time. They were way off the mark, not even close. Yeah. It was like a seventy-five-year-old couple that had a Miata, and they both wearing hats and sunglasses. It looked like they were having a blast, just loving life. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good cool. time. I uh, got lost a couple times, got some wrong turns. Angie I actually did really good on this. The one thing I'll say about this: so cheese freeze. I think I enjoyed more. Cheese freeze was in the middle of winter. It was on gravel roads in the snow. 
it was aggressive driving. They called it spirited. They said, mm. just remember everybody, this is a spirited rally, which means they jumped on it at every intersection yeah. and then they slammed on the brakes every stop. Um, these guys didn't do that. And they, and they said, listen, remember, you're on public roads. Don't do stupid stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And, and when I was at Cheese Freeze, I don't know if I brought this up, I, I had to rescue a guy who'd slid through a farmer's fence. And he never showed up after the event. He never came to the end. He just peaced he's, out. He has bailed, you yeah. know, and so he left a farmer's fence knocked out, and I guarantee nobody ever compensated that farmer. So right. I think, you know, the Madison guys are smart enough to know, hey, we can't do that because otherwise the cops, there were cops sitting up in a couple spots. Sure. And here I am driving the Supra with stickers all over it. And, you, yeah, know. You, you don't just blend in. No, no. no. no everybody knows that car. So, <laughs> yeah. But no, it was fun. And um, they're having another one in August. I. I think everybody should learn those events. And I said before when I did the uh, cheese freeze, I'd like to bring that kind of back to Peoria if we haven't figured out a way to do it. Um, we'll see. Honestly. I'm just, yeah. get, I'm just getting, you know, I, this is my second one. So if I, if I can get two or three of these in and my wife's digging it, yeah, I, it's not that hard. The apps make it so much easier. I think it's just a matter of finding the, finding the course, finding the time to, to, plan and market and all that but you don't have to have people sitting with lawn chairs and punchers you know and you know yeah. uh, you can have maybe a scavenger hunt aspect to it but really the app does all the work it's beautiful yeah i would love to see something like that local yeah because my stuff is like i would i wouldn't mind doing something like that with the volvo but the problem is driving four hours five hours north and then doing it it's yeah. just a lot yeah. for something old so. no that's that's where a car like the supra is perfect nice you know it was beautiful like i said on the highway Beautiful driving car, sport mode, did everything you wanted. You know, jumped right on it, made all the noise, fun out in the country, <laughs> you know, and uh, just enough to annoy your wife. Right. So, uh, the only other thing I got going on the projects is in three weeks, plan a trip out west. So, uh, right now, Colorado is still open, but I, I swear to God, man, I'm every minute I feel like it's a 50 50 affair where they're like, no, oh, we're shutting the county down or shutting everything down, you know. Yeah. So, just, just hold your breath that I can make that trip happen and. Is this camping wheeling Camp, trip? Yes, yes, camping okay. wheeling. And this is probably Tree Hugger's last trip. Serious? Yeah. What are you going to do? We're going to retire and probably make Tree Hugger 2.0. So, okay. So anxious about that, but the, the used car market's so friggin' tight that uh, that may be several months ahead. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, it's definitely done its due <laughs> that's, diligence. That's and- what <laughs> Mr. Ford said. He's like, you know... You know, I love this, I love that, but eventually everything, you know, reaches its time and, and tree hugger, she's definitely seen a lot. And uh can I gain anything more from that truck at this point? Not really, not without spending a lot of money and and redoing a lot of things. So Yeah, but it would be it would be a perfect fun trail rig or starter rig for somebody, right? Mm-hmm. All the hard work is done. It's um, it just needs tightened up and, and you know, it needs tires, needs rims, decals are starting to fade and yeah. um just needs spit shine and and somebody just needs to put a little TLC in it. Hey, maybe your son can pick it up, and that could be his yeah, no, second project. Nah, no, no, because no. he'll do. He'll promptly drive at the Mackinac River. And go. I saw my dad do this one time. Next yeah. thing you know, <laughs> you know, you know your son and teenage kids well. <laughs> Check this out. Yeah, splash. Yeah, yeah, Dad. Uh, can you call a tow truck? Because uh, my, a- my winch can't get me out. <laughs> How far are you? How, how far stuck are you? Eh, I don't know. We saw. We last saw it twenty minutes ago. It's yeah. floating away. <laughs> All right, Daryl. That's enough about me. You always have the coolest old stuff going on in the garage, and I envy, I envy the uh, the amount of work you do that actually restores cars. Well, I wish I could do more and had more money, and you know, Jay Leno's garage space. But someday, Daryl, this this show will get you there. Is that what's going to? Oh do? yeah, it's going to happen. It's gonna, we're we're going to pop one of these days. Uh, basically, before cars and coffee, uh, I hadn't. I've taken a couple of the old cars to work just here and there. I hadn't driven them much. Obviously, don't have 
places to go. So I thought, well, it's probably time to do an oil change. I don't think I did one on the Plymouth last season, so it was pretty gross. And uh, so I had filters and all that ready to go. I had oil ready to go. Then I started doing an oil change on that, and uh, 55 Plymouth and, and our 69 Volvo. And while I'm in there, I get the oil topped off, everything's good to go, and I'm looking, just checking the plug wires, checking stuff, and I look, and there's a distributor lead wire from the coil to the distributor, and it's the insulation's kind of cracked. And I knew the car needs a wiring harness someday, yeah. but I'm trying to put that off. Can you just I, use black electrical tape for everything in that car? I trust me. There's there's enough of it. <laughs> that front harness is it's ninety percent Menards. Oh, it's gross. Um, but it's not going to catch fire. So, anyways, I saw that and I'm like, I'm going to have to address this. So I fabbed up a new lead, put that in. It's fine. I dropped you know I dropped the little nut that goes on top of the coil because it mounts upside down because it's weird. Uh, I dropped that nut about five times, so I had to get my little <laughs> stupid magnet light thing. Um, and then the, the Volvo, I thought, this would be straight ahead. In your, in your air-conditioned garage, right? Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, this 90-degree heat. Yeah. Actually, it's not too bad, but the Volvo wasn't bad because that thing doesn't use oil, doesn't burn, doesn't leak. Really? Oh, it's a great little car. Um, I put probably 2,500 miles on that. Everything's still fresh uh, mechanically, so I had no problems with it. But while I'm going through that, topping everything off and just giving it a once-over, I look down and, uh, the, the, the fuel line from the fuel filter to the carb, I replaced. The different size line from the pump to the main fuel line and from the pump up to that fuel filter, it looked old because the clamps were kind of old and had grease on them. I said, oh shoot. I think I meant to do that last season and just oh, never did because I didn't have the right size. Slacker. I know. So one thing led to another and that became a whole thing to tear out all the fuel lines and break stuff and uh go find new stuff so got that all done both the cars are safe and i i can rest assured that nothing's going to be a problem and then i actually bought um a cheap set of those car dollies that uh it's kind of harbor freight level stuff but the where'd you get them at on um, on ebay okay yeah i just bought like the cheapest they were like 90 bucks shipped i'm like sweet um the only problem was there's solid plastic wheels on the casters yeah. And uh, they, I needed to take a file and make them round because they were, <laughs> they were more oblong than round. So, I don't know. It's cool. I got the '58 Plymouth Project on there, so I can move it around the garage. But and so the dollies—is it like a rail between them that the car rests on, or is it the wheels sit on, or what is it? Yeah, you just jack them up and put them on, put them on each wheel. Um, supposedly they'll hold like two thousand pounds a piece. Okay. And I think that car weighs like forty-two hundred pounds or something like Wait, that. It, so. Does it have an engine in it? It doesn't. So okay. it's it's pretty light. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it'll be fine. But I also have three big cracks in my garage floor, so I didn't. I just thought, oh, this will be easy. It'll go right over them. No, so that's a whole other thing. I'm gonna have to probably caulk or uh, fill those things up with with concrete patch. Yeah. yeah, they make like a vinylish concrete patch. It's got a little flexibility to it, so as the you might get like another extra year or two out of it because it won't uh, no crack yeah, again. Exactly. Yeah, I might do that. It's it's pretty pretty hairy. So, but that's what I'm working on. Nothing fancy. I might have some other things in the works, but nothing now, I I went to Bloomington with you last year. We went to that British car show, yeah. the Champagne, the Champagne British car show. Oh. Yeah, I never had champagne there, but we did have craft beer. Um, <laughs> we you drove that car on the interstate, I believe. I did. It's extra impressive to me to think that the seals and gaskets of that car. Are holding up because you. I mean, it's not like you just putts around town. You've you've had that car up to speed. Yeah, yeah. I've I've racked up. I, there was about two months last summer. I drove it every day. Wow. Drove it all over the place. The motor was redone. Motor and trans were redone, and it's probably got 
uh, probably 3,000 miles on it. Yeah. And uh, it's not bad. Valve cover gasket, I had to retorque. So what uh, year is the Volvo? 69. 69. So the seals the seals on it would be rubber, like what we have now with the spring and everything? Yeah, the rubber fr- and uh, a lot of cork gasket material still in that car. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's... The rear main doesn't leak. The trans doesn't leak. I mean, it's it's impressive. We're going to knock on the Charlie Rose yeah. pre-rape table <laughs> right. here. Right. Yeah. Now, the Plymouth leaks like a sieve, and that's a, I'm going to probably yank the motor in that next summer, and, mm-hmm. and I probably won't go through it, but I'll just probably clean it up, reseal it, and paint it, and put a clutch in it, because the clutch lets out so high. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's it basically you have to have your knee, your knee and your chin before the thing finally starts to move. I replaced the clutch in uh, both my daughter's cars. Oh wait, I didn't do it. I paid somebody. You had a guy. You had a guy do it. <laughs> well, if you have access to a shop and a lift, that's great. Oh yeah, but that Rav Four um, Rav Four clutch job is like fourteen or sixteen hours by the book. It's stupid. Serious? Yeah. It's it's. Is it because it's four wheel drive? No, it's two wheel drive. It's just it's just, just a. Front? I think you have to take the lower uh, subframe out. In order to get oh. to it, it's just, it's a nightmare. Okay. Were you telling me about a car where you can just like pull the flywheel out just like through a slot? Yeah, Saab. Yeah. The Saab 900s and I think the 9000s. They had that, that's why they're no longer here. They had to kill that technology. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> Never let this see the light of day. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's somewhere in a warehouse next to the, uh, Holy Grail or whatever. Ark, yeah. Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. All right. So Daryl. In his infinite wisdom, and he's always working and tuning the show, he right. came up with a new segment for the show. Now, apparently, when Daryl was a twisted youth, he played a game <laughs> with the guys on the loading dock at, at some trashy job, maybe like loading loading meat for, a, you know, I paint houses guys or something like that. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice reference. Yeah, but way. it was uh, F, marry, and kill. And so, you know, maybe canoodle. And marry and kill might be the better way to say it. Or I think some of our listeners might be familiar with the game. Yes. I was not until much later in yeah. my life, but yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think there was a show I listened to years ago called Dude Night. I think they did this segment. Dude Night? Uh, Dude Night. Uh, anyway. Is it still a show? No, they're gone. They're okay. long gone. Anyway. Um, but anyway, so the, the, the preference of this, the, what we decided now, using the F, marry, kill game, mm-hmm. Daryl came up with race, daily, kill. Yeah. The premise of that is basically we pick three cars or trucks, different models, each one, and we choose each choose one to race on the weekends. We choose one for a daily driver, race daily, and then one to get rid of or kill. So it might be a fun little game. We might throw some of this out there on social media, let let the the yeah. general public weigh in because it's fun. Yeah. Um, but I think it might be something to try out. I don't know. If it sucks, let us know. Info at ThroneWrenches.com. Or if you have some suggestions for three vehicles we should pick for our lineup of Race Daily Kill, let us know. But we're going to try this. All right. We're going to do the F- echo effect with you saying okay. it this time. Okay. So here we go. Next time for Race Daily Kill. <laughs> Wowzers. Do, 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 do. Yeah. All right. We need a theme song. Yeah. I think I'm going to use the uh, dating game. Theme or something. You want a taxi by Herb Albert, baby? That's the name of that song. All right, <laughs> I'm, I'm a total nerd. I've learned two things tonight. Didn't yeah. think it was going to happen. It's gross. I'm sorry. All right, so from my lineup, Eric, my first pick here. It's a trio of sub twenty five thousand dollar hatchbacks. Very plain, very boring cars. And uh, the, so we're going to call that you pick the theme because we could change this any other any other time. So next time it could be trucks, it could be whatever, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But we try to line things up, and it can be wild. But I, I figured for the first one, we'd, we'd stay mild. We'd do kind of similar cars. First car is a Volkswagen Golf. These are all 20, 20 models. Volkswagen Golf base model. 
The second one is a Mazda 3 hatchback. And the third one is a Hyundai Veloster. Not the cool one, but the, the base one, which I think stickers are like 21.8 or whatever it is. All right, so those are those are my three choices. So, what about? Uh, so I could see the three, or I'm sorry, I could see the the Golf is the race car. Yeah, obviously you're getting a, probably a stick shift on that. But why the Mazda three for the daily? Why the Mazda three? Well, actually, my pick is is down below. It's the blue. Sorry, those are just the cars. Oh, so I did. That's that's not in my ranking. Okay, sorry, sorry. sorry. No, you're fine, the way you're you fine. had it, the way you had them stacked in order. See, I, I, we, I know. we have a visual when Daryl and I do our our thorough. Pre-show planning, right? You know, we do graphics, and uh, you know, you can't see it all because it's a radio show, and you can't see that. Let me explain podcasting to you. Theater of the mind. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I looked at your picture as the uh, race and daily. Okay, so yeah. you're saying you're going to race a three? I said yes. I would. I would pick for my race. I would race the Mazda three. Well, now this makes even less sense to me. See, why? I would race the Golf. I would always race the Golf. I mean, out of, out of all those cars there, and. See, this is this the whole point of this is just to argue, right? It's, exactly. It's this is what <laughs> it's I'm working, Daryl. You. It's I'm working, baiting you. Yeah. Um, okay. So let, I'll tell you what. Let me just. I'll rip through my three, okay. and then, and then right. we can defend each other. All right. All right. All right. All right. I would race the Mazda. I would daily the VW Golf, and I would kill the Hyundai Veloster. Okay. What would you? What would your pick of those three uh, be? Uh, well, the Golf all day long for the race car, and okay. and maybe even for the daily. Uh, but the Veloster, after doing uh, autocross over at SCCA, yeah. Uh, that Velocer with the Type R or not Type R because it's a Honda, whatever, whatever Hyundai's version, performance version is, little turbo one. That thing was cool, and it was on three wheels all day. Okay, and uh, I enjoyed watching it. So I have a new respect for that car. Now the Mazda three, which is also a Toyota Yaris, I'm not Ooh. a fan of that car at all. I do like the nose, I like the shape, and especially the hatchback. There's a lot I like about it, but I hate I hate the interior. I hate how simplistic it is. It's got the single dash thing. It's got a start button that's so buried under the steering wheel you can't get your fingers on there, and that engine is anemic. So okay, so race the Volkswagen daily, the Veloster, yes, and kill the three. All right, I think that's a good, that's fair. Right. And you defended your choices quite nicely. Yeah, oh, so. believe me, I had an opinion. I had a very strong opinion. <laughs> well, I would have, I would have figured you would have daily the German, which right. is what I. That was my thing is i i would not get bored driving the golf every single day yeah the three and eh, i don't know i was going I'd for like bo- a miata I'd, thing. I'd be bored with that car all right yeah. the hyundai i think they're cool little cars i'm also six foot three thousand and that roof line comes up to my navel that's true all three of these so cars would, would look very poor on you <laughs> they would you definitely couldn't wear a hat i could put a veloster in my <laughs> fanny pack <laughs> All right, so you have a, th- a a new lineup of three vehicles. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't pick anything. Uh, I okay. went to Google and I typed in uh, economy uh, subcompacts or economy hatchbacks, and these these cars all popped up. So what I came up with, Daryl, mm-hmm. for my race car, a Mini Cooper, which I was surprised is under twenty five thousand dollars for a base starting price. I think that's pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, for my daily, the Corolla wagon with a stick shift. I I love the Corolla wagon, especially I've with a stick. Yet to see one. Yeah. I've yet to see one. Uh, like I said, we've sold like one or two, and it seems like it's all old people who drive them, which drives me nuts. <laughs> and the car I would absolutely kill in this category is the Mitsubishi Mirage. If you see these cars on the road, they got a three-cylinder in them. they got the the MyTech, which is Mitsubishi's variable valve timing, uh, and they got these 14-inch, like 165-65 tires with 14-inch rims. Just, that, they look wow. like pizza cutters, yeah. and you just know in a, in a wet tarmac test that this car would spin out in an instant. Mm-hmm. So. Cars are worthless. They're cheap, but you definitely get what you pay for. <laughs> right. Even a pizza delivery dude would be like, uh, seriously, dude? Yeah. yeah. This thing? 
honey, your mom, your 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 father and I have decided to get you a car, and we think that this would be the best thing for you because it's safe and it's reliable and it's cheap. And it's new. As, as a kid, you're like, no, yeah. don't buy me this car. I mean, who buys a Mitsubishi Mirage? I mean, that's a that's got to be like a secondary, hard on your luck, bad credit. No, you uh, know what this is? This is the kind of car you tow behind an RV. You could do that. Or, totally. Or you, if you have a fleet of pizza delivery cars, yeah. you buy those. Like Pizza Planet. Yeah. Pizza Planet, yeah. yeah. And you can't afford the old Toyota trucks because they've gone through the roof. I guess we've got to buy Mirages with the MyTech. Got that variable valve timing with MyTech. You know, come to think of it, I saw an older couple driving one of those on a freeway, and it was just scary. Yeah. People talk about how the smart car, oh, I would never want that on the freeway. No. I think these are smaller. No, I I agree. And like I said, my problem is when you see how small those tires are, they're literally like just oversized golf golf cart tires. Yeah. And you're like, there's there's so little protecting your life. (laughs) (laughs) Was was it Goodyear? So much because so much. Oh, it's Michelin, is, Michelin. Michelin. Yeah. Because so much is riding on your tires. So anyway. All right. So that is race daily kill. Do you have any any uh, opinions about my choices? I think those are good. I would I concur with your choices, sir. Thank you, sir. I think uh, I hated yours, but you like mine. I appreciate it. All right. That's all right. That's how we roll. <laughs> Let us know if you have some suggestions for next week, or you know, if we're totally way off base, tell us why. We love hearing it. Info at thrownwrenches or throw some shade up on our Facebook page. I love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So the next segment of the show is Twism. This week in social media, uh, soon to be copywritten and registered to Throne Righteous Podcast. There was no echo on that. Oh. Can you fix that? Twism, this week in social media. Ah. <laughs> Sounds so much better now. Thank you. <laughs> it sets the tone. Yeah. So uh, I don't really have a post for social media this week, but I will tell you this, and I, I posted from Cars and Coffee on Saturday morning. There was 2,700 people interested in the event in East Peoria for Cars and Coffee Peoria Cars and Coffee, to be specific. That is a huge number. Now, it was the first event of the year. We haven't had a Cars and Coffee since last February. No, I'm sorry, last October? It was Yeah, it was, it was uh, last October. So we're literally talking eight months. Wow. Yeah. Longer, longer than that. Seven, yeah, it'd be nine months since our last one, because it was July. It could have had a baby. <sighs> it could have. could have had a baby. So people have had informal stuff, but for the most part, there hasn't been a formal Cars and Coffee meeting. And I can tell you this from walking around and talking to people, because I do that, Daryl. I'm, I'm a man of the people. You're, you're, man, you're pressing the flesh. Yeah, pressing the flesh. Shaking was babies. Shaking babies. Definitely hands. shaking them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, there were people from Decatur, Springfield, uh, Lincoln. Uh, Woodford County was represented hard. There were all kinds of people in Knox County. Uh, one guy I talked to from Decatur, he's like, you know, we tried to have this down Decatur, and we only get like 15 or 20 cars together. And I personally can tell you a story of last year. I went to Cars and Coffee over in Bloomington Normal on a Sunday morning at that donut shop over yeah. on the south side of town. Yeah. There was 15 cars there. That's it? And somehow, Ruby and these guys, what do you think, 600, 700 cars? Yeah, that they thought? I, I think about 600, 500, 600 at least. For it was a, insane. For a casual get-together, mm-hmm. no prizes, no awards, just literally... Come down. Don't even put a lawn chair out. Just yeah. park your car and walk around and look at other people's cars. Now, usually to have that kind of a turnout, you got to have some prize money sitting out there or something like that. This is just literally enthusiasts, and they're all nice cars. I mean, there was a couple, couple of questionable cars. There was an old Celica GTS. It was pretty rough. It was almost as bad as Summer's car. But you know what? Who cares? It's yeah. a GTS. I knew it was a GTS. I'm like, all right, that's a cool car. Yeah. The paint may look like crap, but uh, and the interior may be rough, but... We're talking about every level here. I, I took the Super from the dealership. Uh, what, what cars did you take? I took our Volvo and I took the Plymouth. 
Yeah. Just because that's what was run. Running. And I could see that aqua blue or that, 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 uh, what, turquoise blue, would you call it? Um, it's called, um, uh, Tampa turquoise. Tampa turquoise. Tampa turquoise. I didn't know the Tampa tribe was bigger than turquoise. Anyway, uh, you could see your car from a country mile, which was beautiful, you know, over there. Um, some old, uh, military rigs. We, there was, I mean, new fully lifted Everest trucks, a lot of, a lot of nice goodies on. Yeah. And then there were some, some newer, uh, you know, lotuses and, and some exotics. I mm-hmm. saw, what's the Aston Martin four door that was there? Did you see that one? No, I did. The Rapide, I think it was called. I did not see that. Incredible. I've never seen one. There were two Lemons cars there too. Did you see that? No. Yeah, there was a 3000 GT Lemons car. <laughs> and I told, I was talking to the guys, I'm like, you know, my thing is with the Lemons, it looks so cool, but for every team that looks like they're out there banging it out and they're trying to win something there's some goofball that's got one like a rubber ducky or something like that i yeah. never know if you can take it truly seriously like no doors yeah no, yeah I, I don't know plus i don't like trash and stuff yeah that's like the gambler i think a gambler would be a lot of fun i know there's a couple local yeah, guys there are. Done that. Yeah, i've got guys who always want me to do gambler with them I, I think that'd be fun but i don't i don't want to break stuff yeah. if i put some time effort into it yeah. like i don't want to just run it in a ditch and break it well anyway. i mean i've seen your garage daryl you're all about preservation sometimes it's the daryl scott preservation society auto yeah. museum up in north peoria that's true but <laughs> no, to your point though cars and coffee this weekend blew everything away it was a lot of pent-up demand and it was great to see everybody i will also say too and i've been to several others over the years different shows different events cruise-ins stuff like that even morning cars and coffee type things the Peoria one, the Central Illinois one, is is very family friendly. I mean, there's families, young kids, yep. moms, wives, grandparents. Everybody is there, and they're all having a great time. And that's why I love the camaraderie. It's not only true gearheads, but it's the people who want to come out and say, "Oh, my four year old kid is really into cars, but we don't have a car, like a cool yeah, car." Yeah, yeah. So they'll bring them there, take them around. You know, it's just a great family yeah. event. Yeah. We're very lucky. I, and I think uh, icing on the cake, the reason this is in this week in social media, there was no idiocy, no lunacy. There was no – nobody tore up <laughs> nobody yeah. tore up the grass at the library. Nobody lit up the pavement. No cops were there. Nobody got an accident, yeah. which used to happen even when we were downtown at Methodist and stuff like that. would be accidents because people are acting stupid. So, yeah. you know, kudos to all you folks out there for behaving yourself finally. Right on. Appreciate that. Maybe maybe everybody gets a cookie. I don't know. But they definitely don't get a prize. But the prize was seeing all those great cars and meeting all these great people. And I did meet a guy who has oh, a, cannibal, yeah. a cannibal run truck. This is after I Eric always meets the cool people after I leave. I'm like, see you later. And then yeah. he's like, oh, you should have been there in another five minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, I ran into a guy. Uh, I think his name's Steve Rogers, which I think is a Captain America name. Um, anyway, he did the route from Jacksonville to San Diego, and he did it back in March of this year. But, uh, the Cannonball Run? Yeah, the Cannonball Run. And so I just I fell into a conversation. Matt Carter was talking to him because the detailed Peoria booth was right next to his truck. I saw the Cannonball sign. I'm like, mm, i got to see more. And I just started listening to him talk, and I'm like, oh, I'm diving in this conversation you know, with both mm-hmm. feet. And that's not how you dive, by the way. That's just jumping in. Anyway, um it was a great conversation, and by the time it was all over, I'm like, dude, I do a podcast, and he's like, I would love to talk about it if you want to have me on. I'm like, sold. Awesome. I, I, Well, there's been so much excitement about Cannonball, and like, I'll go home, and I'll talk to my wife and my kids and be like, did you see that this guy with a Mustang this? And they look at me like I got a third eye in the middle of my forehead, like, what are you talking yeah. about? I'm like, Cannonball, and they're like, the movie with Burt Reynolds? I'm like, no, there's really a race where people drive across the country, you know, and... That's real life. Yeah. Speaking of Burt Reynolds, there was a Burt Reynolds there Saturday, but anyway. Oh, I ahead. saw him, yeah, he took yeah. a picture with Ruby. Yeah, yeah. That 
you know what? It's the ultimate cosplay. It is. The DeLorean with the shoes in it, that's cosplay. You know, Burt Reynolds there with the, uh, the black Trans Am, that's cosplay. It's, it's no different than going to Comic Con and dressing up as, as Batman, right? I think he said something. I had talked to him last year and I think he said like his girlfriend like picked out the outfit for him and, cause he already had the Firebird the yeah. Trans Am. Yeah. I'm like, that's so awesome. Yeah. My well, wife, the red shirt and the big hat. My the wife feather, wants the nothing feather. to do with any of those movies. Trans Ams, Burt Reynolds. What could you do with your cars? What movie could you... Driving Miss Daisy? <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> Actually, nothing. Actually, the only one of the cars that I have was in a movie is in the very beginning of Clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, with the, the Tim, Tim Curry, uh, yeah. the butler, where he's yeah. driving yeah. up the long driveway, goes through the gate. He's driving our 47 Chevy, basically. Okay. Not ours, but well, we if we need to reenact Clue, and we'll just we'll have a like sign up that says "S seen in Clue." Thank you. I'll be Martin Mole. <laughs> That'd be, be great. Is that Colonel Mustard? Colonel Mustard. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no, right. so, so Steve Rogers might be a future guest. Yes, I think uh, we're going to effort that for the next show. Beautiful. Yeah. Can't wait because that is that's on everybody's bucket list, but like nobody will do it. Yeah. Oh, dude, I want to run a Cannibal Run. You don't have the stones. That's a huge, huge thing. And he ran it solo, no support. Nobody no else, nobody else in the car with him. Uh, it, it's a great story. And the best part about it is even though he did it during COVID, he wasn't planning on doing it during COVID. He had everything planned months ago, eight months ago. Yeah. You know, he was building his tank. He had a giant tank. He had his air, air suspension put in the Chevy truck. It's like a big Silverado, right? Yeah. Like and so size. everything built up. And then look at that. It's like, it's like all of a sudden the clouds cleared, you know, and boom, there's the track just laying out in front of you. He got perfect timing on this. Assuming nobody's on the highway. Oh, I'll just yeah. go ahead and, and do this. And they're not pulling people over because it might be illegal because they don't want to get disease. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that, that should be a great show. I'm really looking forward to it. So, uh, awesome. I hate to talk too much about it because the next thing you know, something will happen or won't happen. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. so we, we got that. We got Ruby. We got some other stuff coming up. So. That's enough about This Week in Social Media. Now we get on to the meat of the show, the news segment. The meat and potatoes, if yeah, you will. Yeah, the international meat and potatoes. This is the shepherd's pie section here on the international news. want a hat tip uh, to our buddy Ben, who also listens to the show. He actually shared this up on, I think, the Central Illinois Auto Enthusiast Group. And, and, and he tipped me off to this, which is a fascinating story. Uh, BMW toying with a subscription-based service model for vehicle options. Everybody talks a lot about Tesla and how they enable or roll out new features based on satellite. They'll push mm-hmm. something, unlock the autopilot, or they'll dial up if, an update. If you paid for that trim level. If you paid for it. And that's basically what they're saying here with BMW. Your next BMW might actually only have heated seats for, like, you know, a couple months. And then if you don't pay for that, like your XM subscription, <laughs> they go ahead and dil- disable that But for better you. than XM. It's actually way better. Uh, and actually, I would listen to leather seat noises versus XM because the audio quality on XM is terrible. It's the worst. Uh, German luxury cars, they're actually renowned for all their options and all the, the, the cool gadgets, especially BMWs. But it means that your next car might be configured exactly how you want it on a subscription. So if you don't renew the heated and cooled seats, they'll go ahead and shut that off. BMW has basically been doing a lot of digital updates to their cars. They've been uh, pushing their BMW digital key service. Uh, They announced it at, I think it was a a, a big Apple trade show or tech conference, probably virtual thing, Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago. Uh, And they're saying the current model cars will be fully software upgradable over the air, just like our buddies at Tesla. Um, So the first one is actually going to be a BMW OS 7, and uh, they're going to be doing that. Basically, it's a gigabyte in size, and it'll take 20 minutes to install on the car. But the plan is going to turn a lot of those options into software services. So 
If you like this uh, this model, great. If not, if you're an it's, owner, I think that's terrible news. Yeah, well, and I think this goes back to our last show. We had a conversation about these uh, touch screens taking over the whole car. And so once technology takes away all the tactile buttons, then we have the opportunity here for the manufacturers to say, oh, well, now we don't have to have these features on your screen. Yeah. You know, the car may be built with this or that, but you're not paying for it. It's kind of crazy. It is crazy. And from like Tesla standpoint, and I think from an engineering standpoint, it's one series of wiring harnesses. It's one ECU that controls the car. It's one interface and, and you know, one screen. I understand the economies of scale and, you know, so if, if even some of the older cars we've had, or you know, you, you get to work on something, you're going to put a new stereo in the car. You're like, well, even though my car doesn't have a power antenna, I still get that lead as part of the wiring harness, and I can tap into that for 12 volts to run an accessory yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. But that's not always been the case, and a lot of the cars, everything's been a la carte, depending on the option packages you have. So, from a manufacturing standpoint and a service standpoint, it it's every car's just a little bit different that way. So, I don't know. Does that streamline things? From your perspective? I don't know. See, because I'm trying to find a model in real life that works the same way. I was looking at my iPhone just now as you're reading the article thinking, well, when I buy a phone, an iPhone, is there different levels? But really, I'm getting different memory space. But the phone operates the exact same way, has the same features. I'm not getting any extra. Now, it may be different on these new iPhone Xs or something like that, but I don't think so. So yeah, this is interesting. So you're still buying the car with all the features on it. You just haven't unlocked them. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of like we talked about John Deere, where you don't really own it. You yeah. own the you, you own lease the, the software. Yeah. yeah, you own the privilege to use it. It's yeah. Cr- yeah. I don't know. This is where auto leasing and uh, never owning your car will come into play because you're right. Ten years from now, well, I mean, so as to be a new car manufacturer by legal standards, in the United States, you have to be able to supply replacement parts for any automobile you make and bring in the United States for ten years. Right. So does that is there a law? I, I, I maybe I should read up on this. This should be the next rabbit hole segment. Is there a mm-hmm. law now set up with the federal government and the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration that manufacturers have to allow open source into their software for the next ten years and then lock it? Well, and then what happens after ten years? You know, I'm sorry, we can't. We, we can't don't. We no longer that. support it. I mean, I have iPhones sitting in drawers in my house because they're no longer supported. Yeah. Does your BMW five series turn into a brick? Yeah. In exactly. ten years. Yeah. That's frightening. Tesla's doing a lot of that with cars that yep. they they write off. Either it's in an accident or something like that. They'll just basically disable certain features. Yep. Like that Rich Rebuilds guy, he'll yep. put something back together. It's like, oh, I can't enable this, this, and this. But how people are resourceful. People are always going to find a way to hack something, to unlock it, yep. to do some sort of... You know, backdoor entry into it's not terrible. <laughs> no, but but back in you know, go kind of reverse engineer something into a system. So somebody was no, who was it? Uh, one of these. Uh, I get these advertisements all the time where like, oh, you pay twenty dollars and get a voucher to be entered in our contest to win an EV uh, Volkswagen powered by Tesla or something like that. I'm like, mm. no, wait a second, Tesla didn't authorize that. Yeah. You, you somehow scalped a Tesla battery, a Tesla motor, and you built something. With some software. I mean, the car could be a complete fire hazard for all I know. You <laughs> but, know. It's, but it's all standalone, probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Somebody's doing something. It's. I mean, how hard is it? Ultimately, we got a DC output going into two motors, some hybrid drive motors. All we got to do is keep them cool and Control recharging. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just when you think something has evolved. Yeah. You know, I've seen people at LS swap a car, and then they'll put a carburetor on it. <laughs> You know, so like devolve. Exactly. That's what Devo is all about. They devolved. They did devolve. Yeah. Although they're making PPE now. 
Making they, they are. Shields I, saw, and stuff. I saw it, yeah, yeah, with the uh, the flower pot helmets. Yes. Whip it. Anyways, yeah. that's what's going on uh, overseas. That's interesting. I'd love your feedback on that, folks. Happy to, happy, uh, happy to have that. Ben, thank you for sharing that article that is going to horrify us for the rest of our life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just a precursor to our new new reality. Skynet. It's the new normal, Daryl. Yeah, Cyberdyne Systems. Yeah. Anyways. All right, so in news of the tone deaf... Uh, that actually isn't the headline here. This article from CNBC, Ford isn't worried about the new features on its redesigned F-150, pricing people out of an increasingly expensive full-size truck market. According to the company's chief operating officer, Jim Farley, quote, this is the content people want and are more willing to pay for, unquote. Mm-hmm. He said Friday on CNBC's Squawk Box, quote, people are happy to pay for the product if it's more productive, unquote. On Thursday evening, Ford unveiled a traditional and a hybrid version of the 2021 F-150 pickup truck. The truck is scheduled to begin arriving in dealerships this fall, and an all-electric F-150 is expected to arrive in the next two years. People don't care, Daryl. They're just going to pay whatever because they want those features. I mean, this almost goes right back up to the BMW article. We didn't plan these two together. No, but similar vein. So the new F-150 that everybody was telling, oh, it's going to be electric, it's going to be electric. And then Ford comes out and it's like, well, just kidding, here's a hybrid. And here's, <laughs> there's going to be an electric one several years from now. I I think as, I mean, well, Tesla is talking about, well, how many miles? 600 miles on their Tesla something truck or something like, like that. that. Uh, but it's not Rivian practical. Like 400 or yeah, something. The, it's the number one selling work truck in the country, an F-150. Right. So you can't have an all-electric fleet of these trucks. Not yet. It could happen eventually, but I think, you know, the the yard mowing services that are still going to be driving F-150s for the next 20 years, you know, with no catalytic converters and exhausts hanging off the back of them, right. they're not right. looking forward to electric vehicles anytime soon. Well, it's not going to happen. There are certain things that do work and certain things that just take people to work. Yeah. And I don't think you can, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. The interesting thing, though, they did touch on in that article was the crazy cost of trucks in general, the yeah. new truck. Yeah. I don't know what the new 2021 F-150 is going to sticker in. I, I, there's probably some figures out there, but, um, I mean, we're adding complexity to the trucks. We're talking twin-turbo Ecotech V6s, mm-hmm. which they've had for a while. Um, we're talking about hybrid technology, which Ford had a little bit with uh, the Fusion and the Escape. GM tried that early on. And they were they were too early. I think they were. Because the bump on it was nothing in... And the saving, there was no savings because the sticker price was like ten grand higher, wasn't it? It was, and I think it was like two or three mile per gallon difference or something yeah. stupid. So I, I give people credit for trying it out. I think if we can get something, because like you said, it's still the, the best-selling full-size truck in the in the country. Uh, Maybe if, the world. If Ford can adopt that and get, get hybrid tech to be adopted by more people, maybe in 10 years that will we'll have something that uh, is a little more revolutionary. But. Wouldn't it be interesting if, if Ford kept selling these trucks, but then a company like Tata or something like that started making like a base work truck? Yeah. And you started seeing like these little little Tata trucks, kind of like those, uh, you see those little uh, those little ones on Craigslist every once in a while, those little 4 by 4 Little Suzuki things yeah, or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there is a market for that, and that's a whole other topic we could go down, speaking of rabbit holes, yeah. but there has been uh, a big push for people to say, hey, where's the $20,000 beater truck? I need a new work truck to yeah. just, I need to throw my grass clippings in or go to the nursery or whatever. Uh, I'm not paying 60 grand for an F-150 with all the bells and whistles. There's, Don't there, worry, there'll be a 12 grand rebate. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or I love that. Silverado's dude. Wait, 15,000 off MSRP. Dude, all the time? Yeah, yeah. All the yeah. time? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, 
It's Mother's Day discount, Father's yeah. Day, Veterans Day. I love that too. When you go in and you start talking Are turkey. Are you here for the July Fourth sale? Are you here for that? Were you in the Were you in the army? No. Were you in any of the armed forces? No. Was your dad? No. Your grandpa? How about kid? a cousin? Yeah. I'm like, dude. I want to see this paperwork you're sending to GM Financial. Like, this is a joke. Just get him on there. Have him as a co-signer. Do you have teeth? <laughs> we got a dental discount. A dental discount. We got a special. We got a smart brusher discount. Zero <laughs> percent forever. All right. Now, believe it or not, Daryl, the same company that had news of the tone deaf, I believe, has news of the actually not so tone deaf here. Hmm. Uh, according to an article from Bloomberg, and this this wasn't really so much Bloomberg as much as it's been a big tease from Ford. The new Bronco lineup is going to be announced this week, and uh, the, the picture was basically three models of Bronco, a two-door, a four-door, and a sport, up on a silhouette of a starry sky, and that iconic Bronco you know, with the legs kicking up in the back. Yeah. Uh, it's super cool. So the article goes on to say, like the Wrangler, Broncos will come in two and four-door flavors. While we don't know many details about those yet, Ford has previously indicated they will be easily reconfigurable with features like removable roofs, even possibly removable doors, just like the Wranglers. And just as Mopar offers lots of customization options for the Wrangler, Ford will do the same for the Bronco. I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. And here's what I did, Daryl, because this mini rabbit hole, uh, we won't actually use the, the rabbit hole music for this one, but did you know that in 2018, the, the biggest selling year as far as I can tell in the last five, they sold... 240,000 Wranglers in the United States. Judging by the number I see in traffic every they're day. They're everywhere. They are. Yeah. They, and the Jeep dealer next to your dealership. I mean, there's every color, every flavor, every trim Skittles. series. Yeah. Skittles. But no, that's that, I think that's great. They're, obviously, they've tapped into something that people want. When I was back in the 90s, I sold Camrys, and the Camry was the number one selling midsize sedan. And that number to be the number one car was like 300,000 units every year. Yeah. And I think it's gone up now. Maybe it's 400,000 or something like that. But that number there is close to as many Camrys as being sold, you know, it's a, lot. Uh, a decade ago. And it just, it blows my mind that no other manufacturers hopped on this, this concept. Not only manufacturer, but you think of the aftermarket industry because every single one of those, they're not stock. I think I've seen two stock Franklin's. Yeah, show me a Jeep that hasn't been customized, even even if it's an aftermarket roof. Yeah. You know, there's going to be somebody who's changed something. The little bikini top, or they'll do the, uh, you know, just the, the awesome rims. Spare tire cover. Yeah. I mean, everybody has a spare tire cover to match. I think the biggest thing about the Wrangler is you can customize that vehicle to your lifestyle. You know, so if you're, if you're into surfing, you can have a surf Jeep. If you're into out in the mountains and camping, you can have that kind of vehicle. And if you're a swamper or a mudder, you can do anything with a Wrangler. And every manufacturer's got to see that number, but why hasn't anybody else jumped on an open canopy design? I don't know. It must be a liability thing. It, and I, it and has I've, to be. I've heard that before, but believe me, American Motors and Chrysler and Fiat Chrysler haven't been known as having the biggest bankrolls, you know, so they obviously are handling the liability issues. Right. Or stellar crash ratings. I've heard that too. People yeah. are like, oh, well, it's so hard to get them crash tested and all this. And like, eh. people don't care. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody, I saw a, they a died guy. doing what they love, Daryl. <laughs> They're a chief. The entire family now with four doors. Uh, I actually saw a guy driving with two young, uh, daughters. It looked like daughters. I, maybe he kidnapped him, but a younger dad. Daughter in the front seat, daughter in a car seat in the back of the Wrangler. No doors, roof open. And I'll say, every time we see one look like that in traffic, my wife's like, that's just not safe. That's just not safe. And there's part of me that's like, yeah, but it's true. It's not really probably that safe. I don't know. Maybe maybe as kids age, they kind of get 
a little less. Hey, you know what? In my opinion, they're my kids. If we all died in the Jeep accident, you know, we did it my way. So, I guess. Uh, there, there was, uh, I had this conversation, uh, with a friend yesterday and he was, he was openly wondering, do you think this will be IFS or do you think it'll be solid front axle? And do you think that is something that Jeep owns because of the solid front axle. I mean, they, they rumored IFS and people like flipped out. Well, it's the same thing with, you know, the, the mid-engine Corvette and that eventually happened. Yeah. Um, so maybe it'll evolve. I think Fiat has done a lot of good when it comes to the Jeep in yeah. terms of fit and finish quality and stuff like that. When Daimler owned them, they basically would stuff the same motor that was in the caravan and it was yeah. underpowered, is horrible. Yeah. They eventually got past that. That's right. That. They did. I forgot about that. Oh, you can pick one of those up too, like the 2008, 9, whatever. Yeah. Uh, with that 3.8, it's just a turd. Don't yeah. ever buy that. But, um, the the later ones the, with the Pentastar, great motor. Um, they're getting some really cool option packages, but yeah, I, I it's nice to see some competition. And I, I was a Ford guy for many years. I still appreciate Fords. I love the old first gen Broncos. It's great to see them do a little bit of a throwback. Oh, I'm, I, I'm all about that logo. I'd, I'd wear a shirt with that logo. I just hope that it's if it was not, sent to me for free, Ford. <laughs> of course, <laughs> P.O. Box. No. Uh, I just hope that Ford doesn't screw it up because there's been people for years that have been waiting. If this is just like, I don't know, an explorer, and I don't even I think, know the specs. I think the, the sport. They said, oh, it's going to go after the uh, the Range Rover Discovery or something like that's that's a useless model. If it's going after Rav Fours and See, I didn't on, know on the, the CRVs and stuff like that, I can understand that. I didn't even know that sport was part of it. it doesn't have the same silhouette. No, no, because it literally looks like a. Uh, well, I mean, what's the Ford model now that? Uh, they, remember when the, the Range Rover and Ford were, had the same models, and it was like that little micro discovery, the same thing as the... The Freelander? Yeah, the yeah. Freelander was a, a rebadged... What was it? It was like an Escape or yeah, something. Yeah, it was a rebadged Escape. So that, to me, looks like an Escape. And that, that's probably not accurate, but that's automatically my first impression. So yeah. I want to see that car in scale and see what it really looks like. Me too. And I think they've also talked about it being uh, just an EcoBoost V6 only. I don't think there's a V8 option. Well, I don't think... I, I think the V8 is if gone. If, yeah, if you're going to Ford with option or models, the V8's not going to be in there. Damn it! Unfortunately, now one thing we did talk about on the Jeep is like that uh, that Jeep truck. Oh, the uh, 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 hold on, hold on, uh, Commander? No, I don't know whatever it is. You know, but it's got it's solid front axle. It's cool, uh, Commander. But, what? But dude, they're sixty thousand yeah. dollars for a pickup truck, and and the back seat, as we saw at the auto show last year, absolutely idiotic. You know, it's cool. It's open canopy. You know, but I, I still would rather have that old Dodge Dakota with the convertible top on it, than in that cool little Nerf bar. That was those things. I need to find. That's my next car of the week. That should, that should be your car of the week. Yeah, it should. The Shelby. Uh, yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think if any manufacturer can pull this off, it's Ford. Let's hope. One. Let's hope. I'm pulling for him. It'd be nice to get a little competition. And then there. Toyota will go. Hey, we used to do that too. We'll come back with a model. The FJ with no roof. And people go, oh, about time. Anyway. Yeah, they'll pay 70000 for it. <laughs> uh, okay, speaking of things with no top that are equally as cool, did you know, Eric, being a Tazewell County <laughs> resident? Yes. And uh, I don't know, should we touch as a, on? As a, con- as a concerned citizen, possibly sh- wanting to spend my time dedicated to the citizens of Tazewell County? You should talk. No, we're not, we're not going to talk about okay, it. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> if you want to look up stallforliberty.org, or whatever it is. Hashtag, Hashtag stall for liberty. Stall for liberty. Yeah. Check that out. Just I'm just going to throw that out there. Right. Anyways, so hypothetically, uh, this actually happened. We talked about a year ago about Pekin trying to do some stuff, lo- like loosening the ordinance yeah. for certain vehicles like golf carts and other kind of recreational vehicles on city streets. And I guess there was some, some discussion on that for quite a while. Well, they recently passed, is this right, uh, in Pekin, 
A city council passed an ordinance to allow golf carts to be driven on public streets with a few restrictions. But um, the owner of a golf cart that wants to drive on a public road can register that golf cart with the police department and then do donuts uh, in the middle of the street. $15 is the exorbitant charge. I mean, that's that's so minuscule. By the time you go talk to somebody at a counter and get a sticker, I don't even know what the city's making on that 15 bucks. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I, there was recently, as I uh, you know, I'm involved with uh, stupidity in Pekin. Uh, they spent more than more than one meeting talking about trying to get people registered to drive those gasoline powered bikes around town. That's I, what it was. Oh, that's I thought it was golf carts. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it was no. those little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that that was drama last year, and I still don't feel like they did anything right on that. And now you're talking about spending fifteen dollars to get registered for a golf cart. I think the big hitch on the golf carts in Pekin was Route Nine is a big state route that goes through town, and they were allowing people to drive around town the golf carts, but you couldn't cross Route Nine because it was a state road. And if you got hit on that state road, the city couldn't account for any of that. You know, it's illegal that that vehicle is not allowed to be on that that roadway. So, so there's no jurisdiction yeah, on the city yeah. streets. Yeah, or no, you have no insurance coverage. You, know, you can be on a city street with a tag, but not the state highway. Exactly. Okay. So, okay. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to see. I I think that all small towns go. Here, here's what I love. I love hyper local. I love people going to downtown. I love people doing stuff at their local restaurants. You know, if you're in your golf cart and you're in Pekin and you're going up to McQuets, or if you're going over to the Irish Pub, or you're going to the ice cream Double D's ice cream. Sure. That's super cool. That's better than going all the way to East Peoria to Applebee's, which closed because it sucked. Uh, or to Chili's or wherever. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love any time I get to rip on Applebee's. Yeah, yeah. People are like, oh, I liked it. It was great. I'm like, who are you? Yeah, my mom goes there because because it's gross. Because she's got uh, some thing that she can't. anyway. It's a dietary thing. Sorry. Anyway, um, I think that what this does it, it it really does bring back more community feel. You know, people can drive around their subdivisions on their golf carts. It it's almost a cruising atmosphere that we aren't doing nowadays with our cars, with our air conditioning and the windows up. Uh, so I, I see a little bit of favor in this, uh, but at the same time, I see a lot of lunacy with these golf carts. Well, I'm trying to think. Metamora, I think you can drive carts. My old, my old hometown, Fairbury, you can. They you can. they've had a golf cart ordinance forever. Yeah, and their whole downtown's filled with golf carts. All those those parking spots used to be cars. You know, filled with golf carts on a Friday night. You go down in the square, and it's yeah, it's cool. Easy goes, I, yeah, I, but you. Yeah, it is what it is. And like I said, I think it brings community together. It keeps people hyper-local. I think that's cool. Um, well, time will tell. I think my bigger concern is I see a lot of people nowadays, and I don't think there's any listeners really of the show that, I, that I've had to, to I want to say here, browbeat. But I think these Razors, these two-seaters, these, these high-performance off-road vehicles, I think they're completely asinine. Like the uh, Polaris Slingshot and uh, yeah, The Slingshot's other- actually like a three-wheel vehicle on the highway, isn't it? yeah. Um, Slingshot's legit motorcycle. I'm talking about the ones that are side by side, but they got the the knobby tires on them, and their whole job is to climb obstacles that a normal vehicle couldn't do, and they can do it super fast. And you eat dirt the whole time. You have to wear a helmet. Oh, uh, what's not the slingshot? Razor, uh, Ranger. Well, Ra- Polaris Ranger. Whatever. Well, Rangers are like the off road version for like farmers and hunters and stuff like that. Yeah. The Razor is a performance one that you could like jump and do all kinds of stuff with. These things are super cool. But they cost twenty to twenty five thousand when you start loading up with options. And my problem is if somebody goes on the trail and I and I do believe in the leave no trace principle, stay the trail, tread lightly, whatever philosophy you want to follow, those vehicles are designed to go places that nobody's ever been before. 
And unfortunately, in this country, we can't afford to have people just going wherever they want to because they have a vehicle that is capable of going wherever they want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, there has to be a discipline that goes with them. And, and unfortunately, most people just get one of these and go, all right, let's let her rip. Let's just go chew up some terrain. That's not cool. I'm sorry. You know, I know that that thing can go anywhere, but you need to stay on the path unless it's your own private property. So, um, that's a total digression from cruising around golf cart and peeking. But, uh, right. but Under- that, but that's the progression I see that I, that I don't like. People really curry favor on these things. I think eventually there's going to be a glut. There's going to be so many of these people who buy these type of devices and realize that there's only so much they can do with them. Yeah. And they just hawk $25,000. Why? I don't know what the depreciation is going to be on these things. It's got to be exorbitant. Yeah. If you had a big ranch out in Oklahoma or yeah. Montana, it'd probably be a great little vehicle. Even around here, I got I got a little four wheeler, a bulldog. We got at uh, Home Depot that we've had for like ten years. You know, when I take my chainsaw out to the yeah. far corner of the patch, I got ten acres here because because you know uh, I'm like I'm like the Aussies. I'm like out in the bush right. Uh, right. <laughs> with my Morgans. Uh, horses um but anyway that's good it's good to have my chainsaw in the back there and, and i don't have to take my truck out through the pasture and go through the fence gates and all that stuff and you know uh there's a purpose that's true lyndon johnson and his ranch in texas he had an amphicar oh so he could do you know clear brush drive around and then if he wanted to go for a swim in the lake he just drive now, you know what the original there. the original razor the original off-road vehicle was was this little six by six with the tank Controllers, the John Deere Gators, not the Gator. There was like a six by six that had two sticks. You would control the the wheels. Was it the, called a mule? Something like something that. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, what but they were about. amphibious, and those things were around in the seventies. I think my grandpa had one. You yeah. could go anywhere with that thing. You they had like mean? little space tires on them, yes. like the little like knobby. Yeah, and you could literally drop it off a you know the edge of the riverbank and just like <laughs> go down and just like all right and just get out of there and just drive through anything. I think I'm going to show up and peek in at Double D's one day. I'm just going to get one of those. I, I've seen them on Facebook Marketplace. I'm just... going to look for those now. Because <laughs> I bet you they're like fiberglass with foam. They probably float. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, what's the my, other one? My G.I. Joe had one, I think. I had a, I had a full-size G.I. Joe as a kid. I think I had one of those. I saw a listing on um, Facebook Marketplace recently for one of those old ducks. The, like the Wisconsin Dell oh, ducks. Oh, yeah. That almost was my car of the week because the... Uh, the place that killed 17 people in one fell swoop in Branson yeah. now went bankrupt, and they're selling like 30 of those trucks. They got a fleet of them. Yep. People they're, are buying them cheap. Could be I'm a, not laughing at the death. I'm laughing at the fact that like these things were so cool for so long, and now they're like, nobody wants one. First off, to me, that's the same as a Ripley's Museum or something like that. People who go to a town are like, oh, what are we going to do? We're, we're in Austin, Texas. Well, there's a duck tour. And there's a Ripley's museum next to the Alamo. Why don't you go to the Alamo? Well, I like Ripley's. That sounds kind of neat. Yeah, folks, there's history all around you. You don't need to go on the duck tour or take the uh, freaking Ripley's, <laughs> the Ripley's tour of garbage. <laughs> I do feel bad though. Have you ever been on a duck? I don't think I have, but I, I certainly have strong feelings. Like maybe I had a bad moment on one, but I never was. I never have been on an airboat. But that's like two trashy things that I Air wanted boat. to do. Airboat. Get on like the Everglades and just. Oh, I've done there. Oh no, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, because they let you control it. The, the, you know, if you throw them twenty bucks, you can basically drive the thing around and just mow over all the local wildlife. It's great. <laughs> just yeah. like manatees and stuff. <laughs> what always amazed me on the airboats is that the guy usually piloting it has such a long flowing mane of oh, hair. Yeah, yeah, that usually I would think would get caught in there's, the fan. There's some get her done action going on there, dude. Okay. That's a skill. I'm gonna tell you, I, I I had a great time. We took the family down there years ago, the Everglades, and Did uh, you? yeah. It was uh, uh, so that's a that's a story for a pre-show. 
All right. All right. All right. Next time. But watch uh, Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or eBay for those ducks. Yes. And if anybody gets a good deal on one, let Eric know because he's going to buy one. Absolutely. But I think in the meantime, Daryl and I look at Illinois River Tours with uh, throwing wrenches. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, is it that time, Eric? Is it, it, is it, it about that time? Is it that time, Daryl? I think we're you know this far is? into the show. Yeah, I think so. It's time for your moment of Well, so last week we reported that uh, Elon was upset with the guys over at Nikolai Motors. Well, this week Elon's got a bone to pick with Amazon, Jeff Bezos. It was just released that Amazon is snapping up a driverless car maker, Zooks, in a deal that's estimated for $1.2 billion, which basically is inside the lint inside Jeff Bezos' pocket at any given moment. Uh, they spent the last couple of years working on the robo-taxi, and we've been hearing about driverless cars for years now, but developing this technology is stupid expensive and challenging. Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, with seemingly bottomless bucket of cash, told Zooks he could finally do it. Um, of course, Elon, Elon just didn't like this. So Elon Musk denounced the deal in a tweet, and he called Jeff Bezos a copycat. Tesla's been at the forefront of the driverless car revolution, but it's a run into some roadblocks. Well, and that's mostly because cars keep running over people. There's Ma- that. Yeah. Musk is a frequent business critic, and the two rich dudes are also embroiled in a space race, which might explain Musk's indignation. This isn't Amazon's first foray into autonomous vehicles. Last year, it invested into Aurora Innovation, which develops tech for driverless cars. It also plans on buying a whopping 100K electric delivery vans from a stru- truck star, Rivian. Yeah, we know a lot about that one. And there's Amazon's long-idling drone project, Prime Air. And that is your moment of must. Little Bezos moment. Anyway. Um, There's some Bezos in there. Yeah, little Bezos. He still has money even after his divorce. Did he get divorced? Yeah, but he's he's richer now than he was when he was divorced. How? Because a share of Amazon right now is like $3,000. Yeah, but... If if you're married to like one of the ten richest dudes in the world and you split up, wouldn't you? I think he cheated on her too, didn't he? He did. Yeah. So why wouldn't you just whatever? <laughs> I, I don't know. She, um, she needs a better lawyer, Gabe Casey. <laughs> um, I you know it's funny that Elon even cares so much. I mean, Deep Blue, no, not Deep Blue. What is his uh, Blue Horizons or something? Was Bezos Space Company? I don't know. I get that confused. With it doesn't get blue near- apron and blue waters. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't deli- it doesn't deliver meals. Uh, and it mm. definitely isn't ice cream. No. Uh, um, the robo taxi is that like Johnny Cab from uh, Total Recall? Absolutely. Sweet. Welcome to Johnny Cab. I hope you enjoy the ride. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think that uh, Elon. I I think Tesla is just like sitting cautiously back. Not maybe I'm cautiously. Uh, Amazon just sitting back watching everything Tesla does, and they're just like. At some moment, they'll pounce in and move it. And that's what Amazon has really done its whole retail life. You know, it's Just always... prey on the weak. It does. So, yeah. And then when somebody else has a really good idea, they basically steal it and buy it. So It's fantastic. And that's uh, what you do when you have buckets of cash, like uh, what Jeff Bezos does. It These two guys, it's good for innovation. It's good for what, you know, the future. Sure. Sure. I, I think if you had one guy basically narrating our future tech, if it was Elon, we would all think that, we're all going to be insane and, and Mars and dead, right? Yeah. So I think Bezos, you know, gives us another option, and maybe the two have to work against each other. I mean, really, all the best. We we talk about uh, Thomas Edison and Tesla. You know, there, there's two guys there that had to bounce off each other in order True. to make things happen. True. I'm sure uh, Mr. Firestone and was there a Mr. Goodyear? I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> 
But innovation, you know, I just think these two guys fighting helps us all out. Plus, it also keeps them uh, in the realm of reality, so they don't get too stupid because the shareholders are like, "Hey, wait a second, you can't go that, you yeah, can't go that far." There's too much at stake. Interested yeah. to see what happens with the delivery vehicles, though, with Amazon, because as we discussed before the show, Sundays you see the postal jeeps running around all over, and it's all Amazon deliveries. Yeah, and I'm grateful for it. I have seen now. some Amazon trucks up in Chicago. You have? Yeah, I have seen Amazon uh, like Sprinter vans say oh, Amazon wow. on them. So, okay, I think it's just a matter of time before those vans start integrating the society down here, and if the Rivian the 100,000 Rivian vehicles show up. Right. They're just going to crank those 100,000 out. Oh, yeah. I mean, How many prototypes do they have? Like two? They have two. Yeah. That I, don't, I mean, I see a video every once in a while for them. Yeah, I see a lot of artist renderings. There's an awful lot of CGI. Maybe James Cameron is helping There's a lot of people marketing. in hats. A lot of people in hats and thick black glasses. It's bizarre. Hipsters. Hipsters riding around. I hate to... I don't want to say anything bad about Rivian because if Rivian pops out with something they're in our backyard, you know, we'll get RJ on the show, I'm sure, but he'll go, oh... I heard what you said about me. Yes. He'll say it in some kind of a a, a weird <laughs> Austin Powers nemesis voice. Like a, like a Dutch accent. Yeah. <laughs> I heard what you said about me. <laughs> He's peeling his skin off. Anyway, Welcome to <laughs> save me from myself. <laughs> I have a Dutch accent. Anyways, no, I, I would love to have a tour of their plant, but it would be very much, uh, we would be like, a, like an er- <laughs> Ernestavo Blofeld. We would be sent to some basement dungeon. <laughs> Our, our interview would be concluded. I heard what you said about me. Yeah, yeah. we'd be done. We would have to be. We'd forced. We'd be forced to dine with them before we get killed, though. We would have to like there'd be a long steel table, like minimalist design. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a cat that shows up with like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's awful. This is how we're gonna die. Yeah, I get the feeling you might be right. We might be onto something. Anyway, Jill St. John shows up with like diamonds. Uh, new segment of the show. Yeah. Lucky, lucky, lucky little boy. You know why? You get to drink from the rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> what have you been looking up? I want to look uh, at well, your so, browser history. Yeah, my browser history is terrible. I'll tell you this, Daryl. So after yeah. the last episode, I'm still concerned that Nikolai Tesla is not getting a fair shake. Um, so what do I do? I read all about his dying breath in his, his last years in life. You know, apparently Edison drove him to bankruptcy, and uh, Westinghouse had a small stipend for him. He was living basically in a hotel in New York City before he died. And I said, well, now wait a second. On the last last show, I inquired openly to all of you listeners, which nobody responded to, uh, <laughs> where is the money? You know, where's the money going? There's got to be some family members. I mean, he had like four or five kids, I believe. For I royalties, right? Yeah. For royalties. Yeah, I mean, Tesla there's got to be a Tesla family out there somewhere going, you know, somebody's making cars in my grandpa's name. I should be getting paid on this. Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently, Daryl, as of last year, there was a gentleman named William H. Turbo. Which he, is short for Trobojevich? Or uh, Trobojevich. He was the last living relative of Nikolai Tesla. And he was also the last living person who actually met Nikolai Tesla in real life. He passed away last year. He has extensive artic- articles and interviews with uh, some Tesla magazines and some fan clubs. There's actually a movie about uh, Tesla, a documentary, and you can see Mr. Turbo in there. But he was the last living lineage of that line. Wow. It seems crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. guess I guess Abraham Lincoln doesn't have any relatives left either, right? I mean, there's some yeah. of these things just happen, and you don't think anything about it. But um, so Elon throws a couple bucks every once in a while to a museum, the Tesla Museum, 
and that's how he. I just don't get how it's you more can, than a, it's more you, than a couple bucks. Eric. You usurp somebody's name for <laughs> you know you take you take <laughs> and, and you parlay that into your buying that name or owning the Tesla name basically gives permission, you know, or I want to say it, it puts the permission in the customer's mind that you're a progressive company based on a an innovator from the last century. Right. But the innovator from the last century and his family had nothing to do with you just basically right. the Tesla name could just be five letters you just cast together and just said Tesla. We call yeah. that brand equity in the biz. Yeah. It's just like Bugatti. There's a somebody bought a Bugatti name. But that was a really a real I mean, they, they migrated that from a car company from eons ago. It's, sure. It's moved up. There was never a Tesla car company. No, 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 no. But I don't know. There's probably, I mean, you're going to sue Firestone Walker Brewing for using the Firestone name? I don't know. Was there a guy named there Firestone? There probably was a guy named Firestone. It would be like me. Let, let's just, let's just, hypothetically. And, let's just take a hypothetically. Yeah. Um, where, uh, I just, let, let's just say something like Julius Caesar. Okay. And I'm just going to say every I'm I'm Julius Caesar dressings, you know everything. These are based on ancient recipes from from Italy, you know Julius Caesar. Is know, this but, Caesar dressing? Yeah. Why, yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, yes, based on you know it's from the the Caesar family. <laughs> but I have no relation to Caesar, you know. <laughs> no, but, no. Yeah, or Pontius Pilate dressing, you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. No, I so. Uh, that should be off limits then is what we were saying is I, think so. I think so I think so and I even think they, the Nikola brand I think it's the same thing it's just a, it's a shady rip off and even if somebody were to make something like an Edison yeah, we're going to make something Edison which Edison now Edison's going to be like Christopher Columbus they're going to tear down his statues all over the place someday they're going to be like definitely his ta- his 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 name is tarnished now yeah. anybody yeah. talks about Thomas Edison yeah. it used to be when we were kids it was like oh genius yeah, yeah. genius now it's like total jerk mm-hmm uh, Christopher Columbus, yeah, whatever. I can see that too. Uh, but uh, if there's nobody left in the family, and he's obviously uh, bought the rights and everything else, or yeah, what do you call it? Trademark the name. I don't know. Maybe well, he's then, just smart. Then we could just make a podcast and call it the uh, Tesla Nikolai Hour of Review or something like that, and just be like, it's somebody's name. We just made it up, you know. Yeah. And people are like. Well, you know, somebody should be getting paid on that. That's all I'm saying. I just think you can't take somebody's name and just usurp it like that and just, and, and just, it's, it's fraud. I, 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 you make a good point. Yeah. So, a hundred years point. from now, I can only hope that, that uh, Elon Musk dies penniless on Mars and that somebody makes an auto, well, they make a space company called Elon. Elon. And, and nobody in the Musk family gets paid because they all died on Mars and the whole lineage died. <laughs> harsh. That's harsh. You, you stole see, somebody else's name. It'd be karma if somebody stole his name later in the future and made a, a bucket of money on it, right? Yeah, I guess. But in, in true to form, though, you ever see the movie? Uh, you've seen Raising Arizona, yeah. right? Uh, the part where Nathan Arizona is getting interviewed by the police. It shows you were born Nathan Huff Hines. Is that correct? Yeah, I changed my name. What of it? Would you buy furniture? Any indication as to why? <laughs> yeah, would you buy furniture at a store called Unpainted Huff Hines? <laughs> Change his name to Nathan Arizona. Dude, that's a great movie. The Farley Brothers. No, the Farley Brothers. That's the uh, Cohen Brothers. Cohen Brothers. Yeah, great. But movie. no, I mean, if if he was just Musk Motors, nobody would buy a car. No, they might. Buy, they might. Would you buy a Musk Model Three? Oh yeah, he's, he's, that sounds like a lure. This guy's got some serious Musk. It's got <laughs> smell that fresh leather. <laughs> a Musk Roadster. That sounds like something that Hank uh, Hank Parker would be bass fishing with. Yeah. yeah. 
Hank that's Parker's just your opinion. Joke. That's your opinion, Daryl. That's just like your opinion, man. All right. All right. But enough about the rabbit hole. It was a mini rabbit hole. I'm going to continue to go down this rabbit hole as maybe what I'll do during my investigations, I'll find some descendants. I might even find a little Tesla in myself. <laughs> I'm gonna call. I'm gonna make some calls to Henry Louis Gates. And we'll, we'll trace your family lineage. <laughs> exactly. Weirdo. Twenty-one and me, baby. All right, let's get on to the riff zone because we haven't been riffing enough as it is this show. That's right. So we're gonna talk a little bit about things that kind of cheese us off, tick us off, and this is a little carved out niche that we have for ourselves where we just like to rant. This is the craw. This is when you get in deep into Daryl's jaw and you find something just stuck in there in, right. in the area we call the craw. What do you got in the craw this week, Daryl? The craw this week. A lot of forums I'm on, a lot of websites, not bulletin boards because, you know, they don't do those anymore. That's old school. It is old school. But uh, a lot of the forums that I'm on, people are always asking the same five questions. <laughs> They're all dumb. But, like, the top one lately has been... How much did you pay? Well, no, there's that, too. <laughs> What's a good price for this? Dude, come on. Um, the number one, though, seriously, ceramic coating. Hmm. So I'm looking to get my car ceramic coated, uh, or I bought some ceramic coating. What do you think? Well, if you bought it, put it on your car. Advice on social media or car enthusiast groups, it, it can be very helpful. I'm not saying it's not. I've learned a ton over the years. But it's kind of the same thing. It's like every five years there's a new whiz-bang technology or something. Like I remember back when synthetic oil came out and people were like, oh, should I use Mobile One or Royal Purple? What's better? What's it's like, dude? <laughs> Amsoil. Eddie, yeah, Amsoil. I only put Amsoil in my car. Anyone else who does... <laughs> Something else. <laughs> That's a whole show in itself. Oh, it was awful. Um, polymer sealant. That was five years ago. Everyone's like, oh, polymer sealant. I'm going to seal my car. Zoop seal for steel or uh, aluminum wheels and all this crap. Mm -hmm. Well, ceramic coating's kind of been the new thing, but it's really not a new thing. And if you're asking for help on Facebook, that's great, but it's never a substitute for just taking a plunge, ordering something online, or going to your local shop and asking somebody, a professional, especially when it comes to paint products, Maybe ask somebody at a paint shop. Maybe ask somebody at an auto body shop or a dealership who does detailing work. Or maybe go to Detail Peoria or some of the other people who do it for a living. Oh, who do ceramic coats on a daily basis? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and they can tell you. They'll, you know, hey, if you have a Porsche and you want, like, the best protection in the world, here's the stuff from Austria or whatever. We'll, but if you have a Camry and you just want it to look good year-round... We'll do this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you disrespecting? The German stuff doesn't work on a Camry? Uh, it might be overkill. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, buy something, try it. And just because you get something at uh, literally every store in the world doesn't mean it's good. So if, like, Meguiar's comes out with a ceramic coating thing you can get at Walmart, I'm just going to say it might not be the best. It's the great value version. Yeah, the Equate <laughs> equate ceramic coating. <laughs> oh, there's totally different levels of degrees. You can get hog wild with it, or you can just go to your local vendors and be like, hey, Jack's Wax, what do you guys got for ceramic coating? I yeah. mean, they were think they had three or four different types, mm -hmm. and I bought some last year. I still haven't put it on my stuff yet, um, but it's one of those things where put the money out there, spend it, try it, and if you hate it, tell the world about it, but yeah. otherwise, like... I'm just over the Facebook thing. Yeah. I'm over the recommendations. Like, you know, what do you think about this? I don't. If yeah. you're thinking about it, just do it. That's one thing about the Central Illinois Cars and Coffee Group is people like, hey, who can weld a pipe? Well, it's always going to be Ryan's, you know, yeah. over there in at the old Meineke in Bartonville, you know. Right. But uh, but still, people ask these questions all the time. I need to get I need to get this. Who do you recommend? I heard one the other day though. It was, it, I try to remember what the exact exact example was. And it was like. I'm looking for a distributor for this. I'm like, I'm like, 
Just Google it. Don't Google you? it. Yeah. 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 Why would you even be asking anybody, you know, anyway? Just so what stick. type of spark plugs will fit the da 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 Yeah. yeah. Rockauto.com. <laughs> that's, that's. Exactly. Well, well, Daryl, I agree. I think, uh, actually, I was kind of looking at ceramic coat stuff. And, and just like the clay bar I was talking about a couple episodes ago, I mean, I think ceramic coating have that mystique to them. But the chemical guys, or like you're saying, Jack's Wax guys, I think you can talk to professional and I think you can, uh, get some great advice. But don't, don't go on. I mean, actually, go to YouTube. That's the best place as far as I'm concerned. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but some local goober on Facebook who, God, he might have taken a Brillo pad to his paint last week. You don't have a clue. Oh, I love it too. Yeah, I love guys that'll be like, "Oh, uh, I, I detail cars all the time," and you look at their stuff and it's swirling marks, yeah. and you know, just like they just keep layering garbage on top of garbage. Yeah. I, everybody's got an opinion. That's what social media is great That's for. That's what I say. But <laughs> if I have to look through 128 replies for a recommendation post, yeah. ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for and that. And nobody's gonna nobody's gonna pay attention to your recommendation. Because if you say the same thing that's, you know, three Yahoo's forty posts up did, it's buried. Who cares? I got a thousand followers, Daryl. They might. Are you an influencer, Eric? <laughs> not yet. No. Not yet. All right. So, so what are you all ticked off about this? Well, week? I'm not ticked off about anything, but I tell you what, I had an inspired moment coming back from uh Champagne here a couple weeks ago. As I was going up Route seventy four or sorry, Interstate seventy four, and it's on two lane, you know, interstate road, and in mm-hmm. the middle of nowhere, I think it was out by Danvers or something like that. Um I I'm in the slow lane and a, a Tesla passes me by on on my left and I look over at the guy. No, because I, I knew it was Tesla. I'd, I'd seen it come up into my mirror because I watch my mirrors. I'm a, a good driver who knows what's going on around me without electronic support in my night or 2010 Forerunner. Yeah. But uh, I swear to God, Daryl, when I looked over, there's a guy in the car all by himself. Had a nice beard, nicely coiffed beard, probably about 35 years old. Uh, was he munching avocado toast as hipsters no, are watching? No, he to was do? actually what he appeared to be doing to me was both of his his hands were very close to each other in front of his steering wheel, and it appeared to me that he had nail clippers and he was clipping uh, his nails. Uh, are you serious? First off, one that's disgusting. That because is we, when we get in your car later <laughs> and we have to do anything, you know, we touch a fingernail. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, yeah, come on, people. COVID. Maybe he uses the free vacuums at the three dollar car wash. Yeah, I hope he does. Hope he does. Um, but but really, all I could think of is. This guy right now is passing me on the interstate, and I, I mean, you know, they, they say that the people who sit in these cars that are on autonomous mode aren't paying attention. I can guarantee he wasn't. And all that crept through my mind, this is my, my flawed, possibly criminal mind in some ways, I wanted to take my vehicle and just swerve at him just briefly. Allegedly. Just to, yeah, I mean, it was a thought. Okay, okay. You know, I'm a Catholic, so if you thought it, you did it generally. But anyway, <laughs> I thought... If I just swerve at him, maybe the vehicle will like go into like uh, like a, a warp mode where it's like whoop, 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 you know like like Sets the Starship Enterprise, you know. It's like oh my God, there's phasers, you know. Something's gonna happen where the vehicle goes into some mode where it swerves away from me, or it's gonna the dash is gonna turn red and freak him out, and he's gonna maybe maybe he'll pop a blood vessel on the tip of his index finger. I don't know. And just ruin his day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's where my mind went. So that was uh, that was in my craw, Daryl. <sighs> That's that's just is that mischievous? Foul. No, well, I, I'm I'm looking past your uh, your malfeasance there, but uh, <laughs> I just it's disgusting. I'm gonna have a confession later, Father. I swear. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll hit that up. When when my wife drove to Bloomington on 74 all the time, she would see people reading books, reading the paper. Yeah, and not autonomous cars, pre-autonomous, yeah. right? <laughs> so I know that people do some heinous stuff. You add autonomy into the mix, and personal hygiene. Yeah. And beards, quaffed beards. Yes. 
nicely quaffed. Gross. Yeah. I mean, he shoved tinted glass in that thing, so I can't see what's going on. That'd be the best way to drive that Tesla. If you're in autonomous mode, have that glass as black as possible. I guess. So I don't see what you're doing there. So that way, when you wreck into me and kill my family and my Jeep Wrangler with no doors on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't say, well, the guy was obviously trimming his nails. I saw him right before he <laughs> crashed into us. <laughs> he just said, oh, I don't know what happened. The, the uh, autopilot just went haywire. Yeah, exactly. What were you doing at the time? I was, I had both hands on the wheel. Yeah, totally. Except for the inside camera probably has a recording of that. Let's too, go right? to the tape. Yeah, yeah. I'll pull it up. Let's go to the tape. Let's go to the map. Uh, Let's well, go to Cars of the Week, Daryl. Let's pick that. Eric, we're going back to a familiar land. It, some might say it might be your family homeland. Well, you're German, right? Uh, yeah, well, a little bit. We won't get into that. First off, <laughs> this is your first time listening to the show. Cars of the Week is where Daryl and I break out the virtual currency. Yeah, I should shut that up. Yeah, when we, when we lay in bed at night and we're texting each other cars that we found on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist that we think either would be interested in, and we're like, you know what, man? If I had a million dollars, if I had a thousand dollars, I'd buy this car right now. And generally speaking, you'd think we'd buy a half million dollar Bugatti. Yeah. But usually it's some kind of an eight thousand dollar rig that's, uh, Half restored. And that's what I have. I've actually found something in between this time, Daryl. Okay. Okay. And you tend to find really cool Japanese sports cars. I was really in a vein for that last year. It seems like this year I've gone German. It's all German. It's all fine motor cars from Mercedes or from. But do you ever pick a Beamer? I don't think so. Uh, I'm not a Beamer guy. I, you know, I might branch out, but, but here's what happens. I, I, it seems like the movies I watch or the shows I watch greatly influence my decisions. So this last week I was watching Lost Highway. It's a, uh, David Lynch movie. It's a little twisted. It's got Roseanne Arquette and she is a little twisted. hot. She is. She is a little twisted. He says, folks, it's, you're going to have nightmares. First off, Robert Loja pulls up into this shop midway through the movie in a, a Mercedes. I think it's uh, like a 1976 450 SEL. It's got a 6.9 liter engine in it. It's a giant. The car is a sled, but in that Mercedes style, even though it's a sled, doesn't look as big as an American sled. But there's a scene in it where he has a rage moment, and he pushes like a late 90s T-Bird off of the Highway 101 yeah. and then just proceeds to get out and put a 44 Magnum right in the guy's face. At the same time, I'm just steadying the car. Okay. Uh, Not Robert Loja, who's having a massive coronary. His and- hair. His hair was amazingly quaffed. It was. Because he used that word twice in one show. I mean, for a guy who was balding, he had a way of just combing that comb over. Just just ultra fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was it like the skunk stripe in the middle? Like, was it white? Like- no, 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 no. He just, it was red. It was, okay. it was a uh, red tint. But anyway, uh, that car was sweet. There's a, uh, there's like a whole moment in that with the car garage and he gets out and he tightens up some, I think the car maybe was supercharger. He had some different valve covers on it and the, the kid mechanic gets out. They pop the hood and, and the headrests, these little, these little weird shaped Mercedes headrests are behind it just, and the bodyguards are in the back. Loved it. So what do I do? By the way, that's every person that owned one of those cars back in the day yeah. knew they were some sort of criminal, deviant, rich, <laughs> playboy type. It's almost a seven-liter German engine. I mean, that's massive. It is a huge motor. Yeah, I mean, that thing, oh, my God, it could be running a tank somewhere. You know, they could be invading Poland with that thing. They might, um, have, they might have. Yeah, they might have. <laughs> Might be surplus. Anyway, so what do I do after I watch a movie like that, Daryl? Of course, I'm inspired to go look out and bring a trailer to see what the the nearest recollection of that car would be. And okay. so, so what do I actually find? Uh, I find, oh man, uh oh, I didn't set it up right. Did you find one on bring a trailer? I did find it. I found a. Uh, 
I don't have the year list on here. I think it's a 1977, uh, but it's got 24,000 miles. It's a 4.5 liter. I do also believe it's a 220. It's got the three-speed automatic. It's ivory with tobacco leather. The car is beautiful condition. And as of tonight, it had 20 hours left. It's going for $15,000. Of course, with these cars, all anybody cares about, you know, it's got original wheels. It's got all original parts, and it's uh, got all the service records and purchase documents. This this car is beautiful. It's got that giant wide grill. It's even got the little badge on it, which, which... when the Mercedes, you know, would give those little badges like for a hundred thousand miles or hundred kilometers or whatever, yeah. just just adds a little gravitas to the car, right? It does yeah. totally. Those were nice cars. They aged well. Uh, there was a period of time where you could pick one up pretty cheap, but nobody those, really wanted those them. Days are gone. Now they're starting to climb. And I'll tell you what, the ride on those, the the eighties ones too, where they got a little bit almost bigger. Like the the later, like this is still I the seventy eighty nine. Okay, uh, one ninety e. I even like to ride that car, but the seats had like the spring. The German seats in those uh, Mercedes were a little weird. Yeah. Uh, but th- yeah, this car is twenty four thousand miles. It's in Portland, Oregon. Be interesting to see what it goes for. I'll bet that car goes for close to twenty five thousand dollars by the time it's all over. Still though, was it? It's the four fifty, not the. Uh, yeah, it's not the big. I, I I can't see a six point nine for sale anywhere. Super expensive. I can only imagine. Yeah, Leno has one, and I think he paid like almost seventy grand for it. Yeah. And then had to put some work into it. So. <laughs> Incredible car. And I think the Joomer family from the Joomer's Hotels. Yeah, yeah the castles. They had Peoria. the limousine version of that, which is like the Idi Amin limousine. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just probably had that. And or Sadat pick you up in that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it had like curtains in the back and stuff. Great cars. Little flags. Yeah. Great cars. All right. Well, I hope you get that someday. Or yeah. Well, I, I bought it in my mind. You bought it in your mind. So it's good enough. Um, this time I picked something a little more subdued. A little this more... is interesting for you. This might yeah. be a departure. Yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, I picked a last year of the square bodies in the Blazer uh, with a 91 Blazer K5. And it's just a big Silverado. Uh, it's a it's a gray middle part and then the, the dark blue two-tone. Actually, yeah, tritone. Classic stripe. Yeah, and everybody who grew up in the 80s remembers like the, these Blazers and Suburbans that all were kind of decked out in that, that tritone. Um, they're all very similar. 350, this guy's got a throttle body injection, I think a 700 R4 automatic. Uh, this is a nice, clean, 77,000 original mile truck. And uh, I just think it's perfect. It's a fun, fun old square body K5. The 92s and later, they got more rounded. The trucks actually got rounded in 88. Yeah. Uh, and then these kind of took a while. So it was funny. You'd see on the lots, I remember as a kid in like the late 80s, early 90s on a Chevy dealer lot, You'd see these cool-looking trucks because they were kind of new and rounded. And then next to them would be like a similar brand-new Suburban or a Blazer, and they looked 20, 30 years older because they didn't get restyled. I never understood that with GM. But I think Ford and others did that too. They, they'd restyle the truck, and then the Bronco probably looked the same for a couple of years. Anyways, um, this thing's nice. It's power everything, power seats, power locks. Um, it just it seems like a fun old car, um, but I, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm re- I'm revisiting this. I thought it was cool when I looked it up. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. The more I look at it, like I think one of these would be fun for about three years, and then it would start rusting, like Super Tahoe. Yeah, it, well, it'd be fun. <laughs> it'd be fun for a little bit, and then life would catch up with you. Um, unless you live in the desert, these things will rust. Well, uh, there were military surplus versions of this too. Yes, you, you saw a lot of those. We actually had customers who come in with them. And they were stripped down Betty's with that green paint on them, but yep. 
very practical and functional trucks with that removable back top. Yep. Yeah. Those really cool. diesel, a 6.2 diesel. They're called CUCVs. Yeah. And they came in trucks and then also the, the Blazers. You can get them at, at auction for, you know, 800, 1200 bucks. And yeah. they usually had pretty low miles. I mean, they're kind of beat up. But yeah. For a trail rig. And most of those came because they had the diesel. They had the beefier suspension. They had a 14 bolt rear end. Uh, real nice, real nice, uh, drivetrain in them. 14 uh, bolt. I have no idea what he's talking about. It's just a big, beefy, beefy yeah. truck rear okay. end. But. <laughs> Uh, you're just like eight bolt, ten bolt, twelve it's just, bolt. Is that the cover for the? Uh... Yeah. Okay. All right. It's total hillbilly. <laughs> a fourteen bolter. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it's what is eight bolter, six bolter. Well, know. like the, you know, the Chrysler and GM. Oh, that's a Dana sixty. You know, they they know all the specs and stuff. Like <laughs> GM guys, like it's a ten bolt. It's not too strong. Put twelve bolt in it. Yeah. I did the southern accent just because that's because that's who would be driving that vehicle. Where right. to go, Daryl? That's right. Yeah. Now most of them you can pick them up at like Fort Leonard Wood or yeah. somewhere out in Kansas or something, and they still show up for sale. A lot of them got bought by um, when they got out of the um, got out of the service. Uh, they actually would get uh, either donated or bought by fire departments, volunteer okay. fire departments. So you usually see them come up for sale now and then, but. I don't know. We'll see. K five. I had a friend in high school that got one. His parents gave him an old one, and uh, they ran a horse stable. And yeah. it was a really nice, really nice rig. It was his mom's truck. He got it in high school, and proceeded to just put all kinds of you know rancho shocks and goofy garbage on it. And he took this beautiful oh, no. blazer that I remember riding around with Mrs. Kelly in, yeah. and just like messed it up. So maybe that's that's my it's that's, part of your love for it. It's part of my love. Like, yeah, like I said, a little departure for you, but uh, I think it's a cool truck. It's a lot of money, twenty five thousand dollars. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. Uh, I think, but, Sam, it, but it is super low miles, and if the yeah. body's square, I mean, I guess they're not making any more of them, right? True. You know, they're, they're making Broncos nowadays, but that's uh, Chevy. Still has a long way to go, yeah. unfortunately. And actually, the Bronco I think came out first, right? Sixty seven. I'm talking about the new Broncos. Sixty six. I know. I'm just yeah. trying to think. I think the Blazer came out in sixty nine. So Ford actually had the jump on the. Uh, you know, open, open cockpit, yeah. open air kind of thing. Yeah. So the hipsters will be coming. They'll come running for that one. That's right. I just think this one's too big. I think what it boils down to on these full size trucks. I mean, a guy like me, I, I do like that truck, but then when you get up to it in real life, yeah, it's gigantic. Yeah. This, and for you, it's a perfect size vehicle. Yeah, it is. You know, for a small person like me, yeah. I could fit like four or five of my friends up there in the front seat with me. It would remind me back of high school with my Velari in the bench seat. Right. You know, when you get nine people in that car between the front and rear bench. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this car is. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Even if I am twice the size I was in high school. Well, but, uh, you know, you're doing the diet thing, so that helps. Yeah. I'm not. No, good I'm for just you. getting fatter. I'm just glad that you're happy with yourself. I'm not happy with myself, Daryl, apparently. Oh, uh, who said I was happy? I'm miserable. <laughs> that's why I eat so much. <laughs> Anyway, anyways, yeah. All right, so you've reached the end of another Throwing Wrenches podcast. We've had a great time tonight. Hope you have too. We got some great stuff on the docket there. I'm looking forward to the next couple of shows. Me too. Me too. Uh, hit us up. Let us know what you think. Uh, if this is the high water mark, or there's water still yet to come into our basement, <laughs> uh, info at thrownwrenches dot com. Let us know uh, any show ideas, and uh, also you can follow us on Facebook. We're there at Throwing Wrenches Podcast. Yeah, please reach out. We enjoy the emails. Uh, that greatest podcast ever. That made my day when I got that email. So yeah, please. He's gonna frame it. He's actually gonna frame that next to his record. Could you handwrite him next time? Cause it makes it, you know, it looks a little better on the wall. We'll, s- we'll send a self-addressed stamped envelope. Exactly. Make sure to, uh, to visit our sponsors and tell them that Throwing Wrenches sent you Forts Toyota Pekin at toyota com and Casey Law Office at clopeoria.com. 
Thanks again. This is Eric Stahl. I'm Daryl Scott. See you next time.